it's an honor for me to stand here before you guys. As I always say, I don't uh, take these moments very lightly. Um, when it comes uh, to preaching the word of God and to hearing what he says, um, I know God is alive and active and he's speaking to his church. Even in, even in this month when we're talking about faith, I know we've already heard so much about faith, but there's still so much God wants to reveal about himself and about faith in him. So before I do start and begin uh, to explain what God has uh, opened up to me uh, throughout the scripture, I just want to give glory to God because uh, I know he's in this place and I want to honor him. So if we can bow our heads and just pray. Father God, I thank you for this time that you have given us, Lord God, that we were able to gather here, Lord God. And Father, right now we lift up your holy name, Lord God, and we give you glory and honor, Lord God. And God, I ask you in Jesus' name, that God, you take the word that you have placed inside of my heart, Lord God, and you use me as a vessel, Lord God. You use me to speak through me to your church, Lord God, because I don't want to say anything out of my own self, out of what I, am, I may be feeling or what I may think of my own opinions, but God, I just want your word to sound truer than anything else I may say. So God, take control of my mouth, do what you need to do, and let the name of Jesus be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as, we, as you guys already know, this month we've been covering the topic of faith. And um, there's many f facets uh, to faith. But when I open up the scripture and what I open to, um, I believe God wants to speak uh, through the scripture. And this is going to be written in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. And this is going to talk about faith without good deeds is dead. Faith without good deeds or action is a dead type of faith. And when James was, when James was talking about this in chapter 2, he wasn't necessarily talking to unbelievers per se, but he was talking to churchgoers or to Jewish people who were already believers. But he was referring to them and he was saying that your faith might, might not be living if there are no de good deeds to back it up. If there are no actions that are going to speak louder than what you say you believe, we need to examine ourselves and see is the faith we proclaim we have a saving type of faith. So the faith I'll be talking about today is the faith that leads to salvation. The faith that brings us to salvation when we believe in Jesus Christ. So before I get even further, I just want to read the scripture. That way uh, we, we can understand what I'm going to be talking about. So this is going to be James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. And it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue... Some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith you don't, if you don't have good deeds? I, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. 
You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this. They tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that without good deeds, it's useless? Don't you remember our ancestors, Abraham, were shown to be right with God by, the, by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right by, uh, with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. Amen. So James is saying here that, yes, we are saved by faith, but that faith that we proclaim that we have in Jesus will lead us to produce some sort of action. That faith that we proclaim we have in Jesus will lead us to a changed life. When we proclaim that we have believed in Jesus, but the life behind us does not follow what we proclaim. James is saying, can that type of faith save you? When I read that, it really hit me because I always said, okay, I proclaim Jesus. Yes, I proclaim, I believe in him. Yes, I'm saved, but James is saying that's not enough. Now that faith has to produce action, and it will. It won't be works that your flesh will do, but it will, the, it will be the spirit moving inside of you that will produce a change inside of your heart and life. So James is asking, can that type of faith save anyone? And then some of you may say, well, doesn't Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 say, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And James is not contradicting Paul in this verse. James is also saying, yes, it's by faith that we have salvation in Jesus Christ, but faith will not save you. Faith will most definitely produce a change in your life. It will produce evidence inside of you that you are a new creation. Faith living inside of you can't sit inside of your heart. Understand this, when we proclaim Jesus and Jesus and we take Jesus and we believe in him, the Holy Spirit now living in you can't be contained. The Holy Spirit living inside of you can't just sit inside of your body and just be closed up and quiet. No, he wants to yell out and tell the world that Jesus is alive and he will change your life because your life will follow what you proclaim. So we need to understand this, that faith is not the end of salvation. When we, pro when we believe in Jesus and we are gifted salvation, that's not the end. We don't stop there and thank Jesus. Thank you for salvation. 
I'll put this on the shelf here and I'll go about and live my life in how I used to be. No, uh, faith is the beginning of salvation. When you are saved, that's a beginning to a new life in Christ. That means that when we receive salvation, we say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus says, here's the cross. And you're like, okay, I'll take myself and I'll put it on the cross and I'll crucify myself. And Jesus now says, now take my nature, take who I am. And now this is going to be living inside of you now. And now the faith that you proclaim now will produce fruit in your life, will, pu will push you to do good works in your life because it is not you doing it anymore, but Christ, who you took upon yourself, will do it through you. So James can be, so James here is questioning these people. He's saying, can you be saved by faith alone? Yes, it's by faith alone, but that faith that you proclaimed you have has to have actions behind it. If you believed in Jesus and your life stayed completely the same, James is reminding us today, question the faith that you have. Question whom you really believe. Are you, are you truly a follower of Jesus Christ? Will your life show for it? That is what he is asking. And then when I was... Preparing for this, another scripture came to mind, which is written in Matthew 23, verses 1. And here Jesus uh, is talking to the, Pharisee, to the Pharisees. It's written in Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through, uh, through 3. And Jesus says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, the official interpreters of the law of Moses, so... So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't, uh, don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. And Jesus is saying here, why shouldn't we follow them? Why shouldn't we follow their example? Because he says that these Pharisees and teachers of religious law, they knew their word. They knew what they had to do. They told people what they need to do, but they didn't do it themselves. Around them, they taught people how they should act and what they, uh, how much times they should pray, how much times they should read the Torah. But when they saw the needs of people around them, those who were actually hungry, those who had no clothing, the widows and the orphans, they didn't lift a finger to help them and to relieve the burden of their life because there was no action to that faith that they proclaimed. They proclaimed, yes, I believe. I know all of the scripture, but I don't have anything that will lead me to help someone. So Jesus tells them, yes, do what they say because they do preach the truth. But don't follow what they do because they don't do what they say. They don't lift a finger. They don't help anyone. So Jesus tells them, don't do what they practice. And that's why he calls them your whitewashed tombs. He says, you're beautiful on the outside when you proclaim you're a Christian and you're a believer and you say, I have faith. But inside, you're dead and your faith is dead and your faith hasn't been alive for years so James is questioning us, is your faith truly alive? Will your life speak for what you proclaim and what you believe in? 
But these Pharisees, they were dead inside, but they were beautiful on the outside. And then in James chapter 15, uh, he continues and says, Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then don't, uh, don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? To, uh, what good does that do? James here is saying, what good will you proclaim in your faith when seeing the need of others, what good will that do to them? When someone comes to you and they're hungry and need clothing and you tell them, God bless you, be well, stay safe and warm and let them go. And you proclaim you believe in Jesus, but then your actions don't speak up for that. He's questioning your faith. It's the same as me coming to someone and saying, hey, can you help me go carry some furniture? And you're going to tell me, hey, be strong and go carry. I'm going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Like, come and help me carry the furniture. I can't do it myself. What good is that going to do anyone? So that's what James is saying here. When we see the need of others and we don't do anything to help them, what good does that do? It doesn't save you because that faith doesn't lead to salvation. And it doesn't help the person who is in need of something. So James here is trying to bring up and remind us to look inside. Is that faith truly alive inside of us? Are we willing to lend a helping hand to others around us? Because as it says, your actions will speak louder than your words. In your life, we need to examine, even in my life, will us, will us living out in the world show to people that we are believers? Or do we, on a continuous basis, every single day, need to proclaim to people around us that, hey, I'm a believer. I'm filled with faith. And they're going to be like, oh, really? That should lead to some sort of questioning because then people should be able to look at my life our life, everyone else's life, and say, I don't need you to say anything because I can see by the way that you live that you believe in the living God and your faith is alive. I don't need you to say a single word, but by the way you live, I already know who you believe in. And it was already spoken in the second service that people would rather follow a person whose faith is alive, who can pray for the needs of others, who can intercede for those who are hurting, those who are broken, those who are in need. People would rather believe in a God like that who is alive so our actions need to speak for the faith that we proclaim we believe in. So our faith is a living type of faith that produces actions in our life. And in James chapter 17, he continues and he says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and, use and useless. Faith alone will not bring salvation. We can't rely strictly on proclaiming faith, but then not allowing the Holy Spirit inside of us to produce a change or actions inside of us. So what happens when we say we believe? 
When I came to Jesus Christ and I believed that he was the living son of God and I said, I want to die to myself and now I want to live to Christ, what happens is we are born again. We give our old life that we used to live and we give it to the cross and we take upon a new nature. We die to our old self and we live to a new creation, to Jesus Christ. And now the, the work begins inside of each and every one of us. That's why James says, your faith will produce actions. So the, when you believe, the Holy Spirit that's inside of you now will says, okay, okay, John, Dennis, Mary, whatever your name is, okay, you believed. Now I have to start working in you. Now I have to start producing something in you. I just can't allow you to be the same person when you want to believe in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit now takes action in your life. The Holy Spirit now says, okay, you used to do this. Now you can't do this because Jesus isn't like this. This isn't the image of God. So that's why, why, that's why we have conviction. That's why on a daily basis when we do something, we are convicted because the Holy Spirit says, this isn't of God. We need to remove this and change it. When we, used, when we used to be filled with anger, now we're filled with joy. When we didn't want to help the needy, for some reason we want to help the needy. When we, when we didn't want to go above and beyond, for some reason, now we're going above and beyond. We're staying up late and we're helping people. We're different. And that's why in Ephesians, Paul mentions this is a, a faith and a salvation that we can't boast about. It's a gift. So in your life, when we, when we encounter this, you can't boast about it. How can you? When you believed in Jesus and for some reason your life changed and now you're happier all of a sudden. You're filled with confidence and boldness and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and gentleness and self-control. How can you boast about that? That wasn't from you. You offered your life to Jesus and he did the work in you, the Holy Spirit, and God will deserve all the glory. Jesus will. It's not like you read a book and your life was completely changed. No, it was a process of the Holy Spirit that worked inside of you and you, you have no say. You can't boast about it. All you can say, it was Jesus. It was Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus alone and no one else who did this in my life. And when your life is different, people will notice. You don't have to say anything. People will know that you're a believer, a faithful believer, because your life will speak for itself. Your life will speak louder than your words. Your life will speak up for itself because your mind is now renewed. Your heart is changed. You love people. You want to be around people. You want to help the needy and the broken and the, and the brokenhearted. You want to help those who are in need. Because now it is the Holy Spirit producing these actions through you. So you might ask, well, who is the Holy Spirit changing me into? What am I going to become? You know, when we were created, when Adam and Eve were created, it says that they were created in the image of God. But then sin came into the world. And you know what sin did? Sin took that image of God and it distorted it. It changed it. It put sin into that life. And now we no longer look like the image of God. And until Jesus came and died for us once and for all, a pure sacrifice, 
the Holy Spirit's work now is to remove these things, remove that, remove this, remove that. So the picture can become clear and now we become more like the image of God. Now for some reason we start looking like Jesus, we start acting like Jesus and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He convicts you in this area of life and says stop doing that. Stop lying here. Stop stealing. Go help. Go do this. And you're asking why. And he's saying, well, Jesus would do it. That's who God created you to be like. That's the image of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit is going to continue doing until the church of God and the Holy Spirit are removed from from the earth. And then it is over. So you may question, what am I going to become like? We're going to become like the image of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing on a daily basis in our lives. So when James says, show me your faith by your works, James isn't saying, hey, give me a list of how many people you've helped. Give me a number of how many people, of how much money you've donated or gifted people. James isn't asking of show me and prove to me. James isn't asking, show me by your flesh how much things you're able to squeeze out of yourself to make, to make yourself do something. If you think about it, if you have to force yourself to help someone, to love someone, if you have to force yourself to go out of your way, is that truly your flesh working or is that God working through you? If God is working through you and now this faith is alive and active inside of you, you can't stop yourself from serving. You're going to have to force yourself to stop yourself from giving away all the money. You're going to have to stop, you're going to have to force yourself to stop from praying so much. You're going to have to try to stop yourself from going above and beyond. That's when you know God is moving in your life. Not when you have to force yourself to do something, but when you have to think about and actually, hey, I need to cut back because I'm going a little too far. But thank you, God, for moving in my life. That's a living faith inside of each and every one of us. When we get up in the morning and we don't need to force ourselves to love someone, but we open the world and we, and we open the door and we just love on the world. We love on every single person because we're all created in the image of God. It doesn't matter what our upbringing was or what we look like. We are all created in the image of God. And that's the faith that James is requiring of us. That's what he's asking of us. Is your faith truly alive if it is not question it question it because it's based on salvation if your faith is not led by actions and your life isn't changed and you've noticed that hey my life hasn't changed one bit but for some reason i proclaim i believe in jesus James is saying, question it before it's too late. Question that truly. See, is that faith alive inside of you? And uh, it also mentions in uh, James uh, verses 21 about Abraham and Rahab. Abraham, it says, Abraham was found to be right with God, not by faith alone, but by actions to complete it. When James said, when uh, Abraham believed in God, there was an action where he took his son Isaac and put him on the altar for a sacrifice. There was an action to follow that faith. Rahab the prostitute also had an action to follow that faith she proclaimed. When the messengers came and told her about what's going to happen, she believed. 
And she didn't just run away. She said, now I will do something. And she hid the messengers. And by that action, her faith was made complete. And it was already mentioned that in Hebrews 11, we can read throughout all of this and we can see all the, uh, all, all the men and women of faith, their faith was completed by action. Their faith was completed by action. And in James verses 26 now, it says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. So if you think about it, if a body has no breath, no spirit, it's lifeless and it's laying on the floor. It's good for nothing. So he's saying same as your faith that you proclaim. If it has no actions, no change of heart, no change of mind, no change of life, it is useless and dead and not good to anyone or to yourself. It is good for nothing. So James is saying examine yourselves Examine your heart. Is your life truly filled with a living type of faith? And we can look here that a life of living faith, when before living with faith, you didn't love your neighbor as yourself. You didn't love widows and orphans. You cursed at people when they cut you off on the road. You never went above and beyond for the sake of others. You never had compassion for the lost and broken. But after your dead faith becomes alive, for some reason, you love your neighbors. For some reason, all you want to do is care for the widows and orphans. For some reason, now when someone cuts you off on the road, you don't curse them, but you spit out scriptures at them and you bless them. For some reason, now you go the extra mile. For some reason, now you're filled with compassion and goodness and love and kindness. And you don't know where, you came, where it came from. And that's good because you can't boast about it because it only came from Christ. And that's who we boast about is Jesus Christ and him alone. And you, and you say, I lived this way, but now I'm completely different. And all you can say that it was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was nothing that I did. All I had to do was surrender myself, give myself to Jesus as a living sacrifice and say, God, I am yours. Do as you wish. I am your servant. Speak to me. Use me. I am your vessel. That's why it says we are the vessels of God where we should keep ourselves clean. So when the Holy Spirit needs to use you and speak through you, you're available at that moment, at that grocery store, at school, at work to be used by the Holy Spirit. You're available for him to pour in you and pour out through you into the lives of others because you've been waiting for him. You've been on your knees praying, waiting for him to use you. And you're asking, how is this going to happen? And you you don't know, but God knows when we get on our knees and we surrender, he says, I will use them. I will use that person who surrenders himself to me. I will use that person and his life will show for it. He won't have to yell from the stage. He won't have to yell from the rooftops that he's a believer, but his life will speak for it because God will move before you. God will go before you in your life, in your actions. God will make things happen. And that's the living type of faith that James is talking about. So an indication of a living faith inside of you. It's a change of heart. It's a change of life. If you used to live one way, 
You can't live that way anymore. You're disgusted by that lifestyle. Yes, we all fall in sin. Yes, we all still might stumble, but we get up, we dust our dust off the knees, and we keep on going. We keep on going. And right now, I'd like us to stand up on our feet as the service is coming to a conclusion. As I was praying, and this word really got to me, and this isn't our church, this isn't anyone specific, you know, but when I was praying, I just saw something in my mind. You know, there, I saw many people walking around. There was a lot of people walking around back and forth. And they were carrying their faith around. They were carrying their faith around in their hands. And a lot of them are showing that, hey, I have faith in Jesus Christ. I do believe. I believe that he died for me. But for some of you right now, you might be thinking, well, maybe I don't feel that I'm saved. Maybe I feel that I, I'm not saved because my life can't speak for it. But God, I want to be changed. So, you know, when I, was, when I was praying, what else I saw that when they were walking, carrying this faith around, you know, behind them, their life didn't show for that faith. Their actions didn't show for it. And when I looked down to see what type of faith they were carrying, you know, a lot of the faith that people held in their hands was completely dead. They were carrying around a corpse. I don't know how long they carried it for. But it was a dead corpse in their hands. Faith that wasn't alive for a long time. Faith that wasn't breathing. Faith that couldn't do anything. And they were carrying this around thinking that I have faith, but no, that faith has been dead for such a long time. That faith wasn't alive. That faith is not breathing. That faith can't do anything inside of our lives and inside of our hearts. But you know what? Nothing is impossible to Jesus, and Jesus can resurrect. He can resurrect your faith. He can resurrect my faith. He can resurrect anyone, and I know that is the will of God. I know that is what God is trying to do. It's for his people, his bride, to have a living type of faith that where they don't need to try and get tired and exhausted of trying to show themselves and prove themselves, but when they can just come to Jesus and be in his presence and it will be God moving through them. Where if you say, I've tried so many times and I just can't do it anymore. I'm tired of this Christianity. I'm tired of trying. I don't know what's right and wrong. I don't know what's black and white anymore. But God is saying, you don't need to know that. I'll do that. Just give me your life. Just believe in me and I will produce that in your life. I will change you. I will use you. I will take you. So, you know, today we have an opportunity. Today we have an opportunity to come to God and say, God, I don't know where I stand. I thought I believed. I thought that's all I had to do. But apparently there's more to it. And God, I didn't know. But God, I also don't know if my faith is alive. But God, I want to bring my faith to you. And if it is dead, resurrect the God. Make it alive in me because I want to live for you. I want to live for you, God, and I want you to now live through me. I don't want to strive anymore. 
I don't want to work for it anymore, but God, I want you to work through me. So as we pray right now, if there is anyone in the service where the Holy Spirit may be talking to you, may be knocking on your heart, and you may be questioning yourself, is my faith truly alive? You know, it's not a matter of someone praying for you, but it's the, matter, it's the point of surrender when we come up and we get on our knees and we say, God, I don't know if I, when I get up off my knees, my life will be different. But I know that I surrendered and all of heaven saw and you saw and all of hell saw that I surrendered. And now it's up to you, God, to do something in my life. I did what I had to do, but God, now you move. You move in my life. You move inside of my family, inside of my kids, inside of my future, God, you move. So we need to do our part. So if there's someone here, I'm giving you an invitation. You can't come up to the front. And if your faith you think is dead, give it to Jesus and let him resurrect it. So that life can now produce action so your life can be different. So we don't only just proclaim and yell, but we actually live a life of what we proclaim. And that's only through Jesus Christ. It's not through our works. And we can't be saved by just doing, doing, doing. But it's by faith that will produce the doing after we believe. So God, we come before you right now. God, as we stand here, Lord God, as we stand before your holy presence, Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name, God, that you will, you will resurrect that faith inside of us. God, that you will resurrect that faith inside of us, Lord. God, we may, be, have, we may have carried the faith around for a long time, thinking it was alive, thinking we had something. But God, I want to live a lifestyle, a lifestyle that's completely changed, a lifestyle that's different, a lifestyle that's living up to you, God, a lifestyle, Lord God, that follows you. So God, I ask you to speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, convict us when you need to convict us. Holy Spirit, move where you need to move in our lives, in our families, in our situations, because you know what you have to do. God, we may not know what we need to do, but God, lead us, lead us, lead us, God, lead us, lead us. God, you are worthy. Your name is holy, and we glorify your name, Father. We lift you up above all other names, for you are glorious, you are magnificent. And God, yes, we may stumble, we may fall, but God, we run to you, and we change. We believe in you, God. We believe in you, and we just don't want to proclaim. We want our life to show for it. We want our life to show for it. We want our life to speak louder than we may say because we might not say much, but God, our actions show for it because it is you living inside of us. So God, we give you all the glory and all the honor and we ask you, God, continue doing your work inside of us. Even, Lord God, even if we don't feel anything right now, God, remind us in the future, continually not continually speak to us, reveal things through us, through your scripture, through your word, God, so we can become more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. In Jesus, we thank you. And God, we glorify your name for who you are 
for being who you are, that you never change, that you've always loved us, Lord God, and you've loved us first before we loved you. God, you loved us first, but you say you must come through Jesus so you can come to me because I am a holy God. I am a holy God and nothing unholy can stand before me. So you must come through Jesus if you want to come into the holy of holies. So God, purify us, cleanse us, and make us whole. In your sight, God, we ask you, Lord God, let your name be glorified. Let your name be praised, Lord God. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.